0: The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.
1: Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman and kind of running solo today, Jerry, not feeling so well. Uh, My colleague Nick will be joining us to talk about some RSP strategies a little later on in the show. Today, I want to get to talking a little bit about what we saw with uh, the interview with Putin with Tucker Carlson. Um, We're also going to talk about just some of the interest rate stuff and debt and some of the mixed signals that you're probably seeing throughout the, throughout the news and wondering how is that possible? So I want to try to clear some of that up. First, uh, the week was, uh, did trade sideways. I'll quote Rob Kainz from, uh, silver, gold, silver pros. And he said, I suppose endless wars, layoffs, and impending bank failures just aren't enough to move the needle anymore on the metals. When will they wake up? And I, I totally agree. I think that the market is ignoring what's going on in the markets overall. And yet, and we'll talk about that, the fact that stock markets are going going crazy right now, S&P reaching new highs. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, CNBC snuck out a couple of very interesting articles this week. The first was titled Silver Set for Terrific Year and Could Outperform Gold to Hit a 10-Year High. They said, quote, We think silver will have a terrific year, especially in terms of demand. Michael DiRienzo, the executive director of the Silver Institute, told CNBC he expects silver prices to reach $30 per ounce, which would be a 10-year high according to the data. And of course, you know, some of the reason for that is the demand for solar power coming out. And we're finding out more and more and more that the demand on solar power alone is just too much for the market to bear. You've heard us talk about on the show before the military uses and uh, obviously and unfortunately the world is breaking out into kinetic wars all over the place. And uh, that that resource is being used into those into those things. If you look at where silver is today, we're trading at $22.50. And if we were to take this $30 an ounce, a 30% gain in silver from $22.50 right now would bring us to $29.25. And it's interesting, I'll talk a little bit later about that major threshold of $30. It's such a a strong point in the market. Uh, Once we break that mark, there's very little resistance. And so you could understand why it would be important... For those who are pro-dollar to want to keep the the barometer of the dollar low. And if gold and silver are the, are the canary in the coal mine, it's very important to make sure that we're not seeing the prices in those things rise. Although it hasn't stopped the market from rising over the last 20 years. Gold's up over 40%. It's actually up close to 60% in Canadian dollars over the last five years. So it has been an amazing thing to hedge. Another CNBC article got through this week, and it was gold prices to hit 2200 and dramatic, and a dramatic outperformance awaits silver in 2024, says UBS. So now we have UBS saying that they're expecting gold to run up a couple hundred bucks or $150 and that silver will outperform on that. And I do see, and I'll give you some quotes from that in a moment, but I do see. A, I can see how that would work. As gold continues to rise higher, it's continued to march forward year after year. Silver's meandering here below twenty-three dollars an ounce. The ratio between the two is just widening and widening. It's looking so good to want to buy something undervalued, and it it, it boggles the mind why anyone wouldn't go all in on that. When they're looking at at the the high valuations on stocks etc and say well where can i actually find value i need to take advantage of this especially when the cost of the metal to bring it out of the ground is if you're really good under twenty dollars and if you're not so good it's under it's probably in and around where we're where we're trading right now so you're looking at at supply constraints going to be hitting the market eventually in in silver so As gold continues higher, it's going to pull silver higher with it, and once silver cracks that $30, it's going to just start to really shoot. So it's kind of like that beach ball underwater type of thing. So they go on to say in this article, we are expecting gold to be pushed higher by Fed easing. Also, this comes with a weaker dollar, said the investment bank's precious metal strategist, Joni Tevs, who expects the metal to hit $2,200 per ounce by the end of the year. Gold prices tend to have an inverse relationship with interest rates she said as interest rates dip gold becomes appealing compared to alternative investments like bonds which would yield weaker return in lower interest rate environment i, I agree that hey if you're not getting if there's not an incentive for interest rates then gold becomes more incentivized because hey if you're not getting it you might as well hold the gold then but I don't know if it's necessarily lowering interest rates. Uh, I think lowering interest rates in some way is capitulating. Raising interest rates, you know, is it really having an effect? You're killing the economy. I was listening to a great interview this week with uh, Judy, Dr. Judy Shelton. She was up for the Federal Reserve. Uh, she didn't get through. She was uh, nominated uh, by the Trump administration. She did a great interview with David Lynn on his program on YouTube and uh she listen you want to know you want the the clear understanding of the federal reserve working listen to that there is no wizardry in there and she said yeah they overshot by at least one percent on their interest rates and she also said and i thought this was the most salient point which is why i bring it up you don't fight inflation by killing an economy you you fight inflation by increasing productivity Uh, okay let me think about that oh so during the during the run-up to the dust bowls in in the in the 30s everyone was getting in on farming because they realized oh there's money to be made so what happened it got over farmed and the prices dropped and that's what ended up causing the dust bowls but i think the point is made you want to get if it's too few If it's too much dollars chasing too few goods, then get some damn goods into the market. It makes perfect sense. She makes perfect sense. This is exactly what they should be doing. But of course, you know, it's the government and it's the the Bank of Canada and all of these things. So it just doesn't make sense. And we'll go into that a little bit more. But look, if CNBC is starting to talk about gold and silver are going to be rising – then maybe you should consider having some of that in your portfolio. Maybe this is the time to consider having some as well in your portfolio. The number to get involved, one silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. And we help clients to own physical precious metals. You can buy it direct, take it home. That's the best way to start. Just get a little bit in your hands, see how it works. Especially since, you know, it's a new market for a lot of people. And there is an investing mentality that maybe comes to it. And then you get here at the office and you realize, wait a minute, I'm I'm buying a retail product, actually. So how does this all work? And so it's good to make a small purchase just to start to understand how it works and go through the motions. And we find that the crawl, walk, run method really works to help people be comfortable because, you know, comfort breeds confidence. And it's going to help you to understand where... You want to go next with this maybe you start with some physical product take it home then maybe you decide you know what i've got enough at home i can't really store it here anymore there's security issues etc at a certain point liquidity issues at a certain point i want to look for some physical storage and we help clients to store physically at brinks fully allocated fully segregated clients get an inventory report to show exactly what they have it's like a warehouse receipt if you will and they can go to the vault to personally audit so the idea is if you can't hold it you don't own it and there's a lot of people espousing that but they're talking about it in the sense of just make sure that if you are going to acquire physical gold that you have that ability it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have it in your possession at all times that doesn't have to be the case and you have to think bigger in terms of the security of your, of your assets as well so you can definitely put it into a vault ease of liquidity this is huge you know when i think about clients who have been traveling around the world and they decide you know what i need some extra funds gold and silver it's there it is liquid and not only that but because of the lack of volatility in the, in the metals especially in the gold market it's quite easy in actual fact to get over the barrier to entry. And once you've done that, that's it. It's a a liquid asset for you. If you need need funds, it's there. So some people don't feel comfortable having a lot of money in, in the banks. And so having physical gold is an alternative to that because it allows them to still have money which I want to talk about this difference between currency and money and what we all think we think of as money, what it actually means. But it gives you that, that addition to just having cash in the bank. You have this asset that is liquid that you can, you can tap into at any time. And I, I've noticed over the past year actually that it's really been there for people. And I, I, I can think of really on less, on less than one hand The amount of people who have had to sell if they needed the funds or whatnot, where they may have been in a losing situation on that. It's really very small um, in in that regard. So very liquid, great place to put additional funds to keep them protected. And of course... There's the gains that can be had in this market, especially if you're entering it at a low price, which we're seeing right now. So give us a call, the number 18778Silver, the website, guildhallwealth.com. Let's get into my thoughts on what we saw yesterday with the Tucker Carlson Vladimir Putin interview. I also want to get into the interest rates and what the Bank of Canada is saying and can we expect the interest rates to fall and what does that mean for all of us and what does it mean for the price of gold. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver
0: The website, guildhallwealth.com. More to come on The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to the Real Money Show, the number 18778 Silver, and the
1: website, Guildhallwealth.com. We help clients to own the product physically, take it home, you can have it in a vault and also the registered accounts. And I was thinking about this the other day and talking to my colleagues about this. And, of course, you know, when people are buying into a market for the first time, they're always going to be price conscious. And, uh, of course, I'm I'm working on my taxes this year. I'm sure everyone else is. And I started thinking about the rebate. And, you know, if you put... I'm going to keep the numbers super small here. $10,000 and that $10,000 comes off your income. You remove that 30% from the income. So your your rebate would be in this case without any additional write-offs 30%. So I thought, wait a second. If you want to buy gold or silver 30% cheaper, contribute to your RSP. Put in the $10,000 into your RSP because you're going to get the $3,000 rebate. And that's going to give you a 30% discount off buying the physical gold. So if gold and silver aren't cheap enough, consider putting a contribution into your RSP this year so that you can get your rebate back and you just got it that much cheaper. That was pretty cool. And I can't wait to do it for myself. I do it every year. And I'm very happy with the gains that I've seen in the precious metals market. And uh, But of course, you know, I'm very knowledgeable about this. And if you want to learn more about it, just give us a call the number 18778 silver the website guildhallwealth.com. So let's let's talk about Tucker Carlson interviewing Russian President Vladimir Putin. I don't want to get into the the politics of it all, but what I do want to touch on is his comments about the US dollar because it's something that we've been tracking here and tracking the weaponization of it. So he discussed uh, Vladimir Putin, he was asked about the US, the US dollar. He discussed that the dollar's been weaponized. And just to provide some background on that, we know that the US froze assets from Russia at the outset of the Ukraine war. And eventually they actually seized the assets, using them to fund the Ukraine side. And, you know, while we could see that as an isolated case, unfortunately, what it did is to the other countries around the world, it put them on notice that, hey, this could be you at any given moment and up until that point many many countries around the world had a lot of US reserves so they had to start thinking well wait a minute we have to change we we have to change our approach here because on any day the US government might decide we're we're like Russia that we're an enemy and that they will weaponize the dollar against us so he talked about that and he also said that that was a blow to power, and a, he, he said it was harsh language, a stupid thing to do, because now allies are downsizing their dollar reserves as a way to protect themselves. And he also went on to say that the restrictive dollar measures to countries send a signal to the world, and in a way, in effect, it's cutting yourself off. And that's what they did. The U.S. has cut themselves off from those, from them using these countries using that dollar. What I thought was most interesting is that he mentioned, and I haven't looked into it, but he mentioned that at, at the time, they had 50% USD transactions. So 50% of their foreign transactions were in U.S. dollars, which are now down to 13%. Now, the question is, is did that hurt Russia? Because at the end of the day, they went from 3% use of the, the yuan up to 34% use of the yuan. And as we've been watching other countries and the BRICS, they're now accepting oil payments in the yuan as well. So the question is, is did the US have the in, the intended effect by weaponizing the dollar? Now, I'm calling it a weaponizing of the dollar. The fact is is it you know, we can see what the intention was. It was try try to to freeze out Russia into coming to the peace talks. And again, I don't want to get into the political nature of that. You do your own research on that, and you'll figure out your own take. I'm just saying about the U.S. dollar itself, Has I have to agree. They shot themselves in the foot. We see, the, we see what's going on with the BRIC nations, and these other countries are making lots of deals. So the question now is, if the U.S. dollar, and it's not just Russia, if the U.S. dollar is – being used less and less in all these reserves around the world and they're basically having to sell off these reserves you would think that those reserves are coming back that would be more inflationary yet the stock market is riding high it just keeps going up so i, I thought that was a bit odd and then i saw this uh, article via zero hedge and they wrote in a breakdown for the week of february seventh, government funds which invest primarily in securities like treasury bills, repurchase ag- agreements, and agency debt saw assets rise by four point eight nine trillion rise to four point eight nine trillion, which was an increase of seven 7- three point seven one billion. So they have assets on their books. They've been buying treasury bills, repurchase agreements, agency debt to the tune of 4.89 trillion. Well, that's keeping something afloat. But it's not entering the real economy, it's just keeping these things afloat. And they go on to say prime funds, which tend to invest in higher risk assets such as commercial paper, meanwhile saw saw assets rise to 1 trillion. A $12.4 billion increase. Institutional funds saw inflows, if you're wondering how the stock market's rising, $3.1 billion for the second straight week. And retail funds continue their unbroken streak of inflows. So the funds are probably coming back to the United States, and the U.S. is simply buying their own treasuries with it and pushing it into institutional funds, which is pushing up the stock market. And when you look around, you say, well, wait a minute. The, the market is increasingly convinced that the economy is awesome. This is coming from a different article in, in Zero Hedge, and that we don't need to, to cut any rates. We're going to keep the dream alive because all this money's coming in. And look at the stock market. Look how great the economy's doing. We shall see what reality has to say in March. When the BTFP fin- facility expires, that was the funding facility when Silicon Bank imploded, which was something like the second largest bank failure in the U.S., and we still haven't seen any consequences of it. Where, what are they going to do with that funding? So we'll have to see how that plays out. So the stock market goes up. Now here's the question that you're, you can ask at the dinner table today or your colleagues at The Water Cooler is who, from the middle class, are investing? Where is the money coming from for the stock market to be rising like this? If not, the government spigot itself and the, the, the bank spigot at the Federal Reserve. So there is definitely a dichotomy between... Obviously, we know the, the stats are, are distorted, but what we see in the stock market and what everyday people see and feel in the real world. So are we supposed to be convinced every day by the financial mainstream that we are not in a recession and that everything is great if we only put our eyes on the stock market and not look at the grocery prices and not look at our credit card, credit card debt? Because Mike Sheldock, Shedlock of mishtalk.com talks about credit card debt surging to a record high in the fourth quarter. And even more troubling is the steep climb in 90-day or longer delinquencies. That is record high credit card debt. Now you could say, yeah, but Jeremy, that's that's the United States. Okay, let's look about Canada. Daily Hive reports that a cost of that we have a cost of living crisis in Canada which is pushing household debt to astonishing levels, consumer insolven- insolvencies rose by 23%. 23% insolvencies grew. The firm Hoyes Michalos found that the average Canadian insolvent debtor owes $54,000 in unsecured debt. Now let me just talk about that for a second. You understand that if a company goes under and they have an average of $54,000 in debt, someone on the other side of that payment didn't get paid. So where did they get? The, where do they get the money to pay for their suppliers? To pay for their um, their staffing, they're out a lot of money because one this a company goes bankrupt. So twenty three percent increase in insolvencies means more pressure on the companies that were dependent on the ones that went insolvent. It's a it's a ten percent increase from twenty twenty two, which is the highest level since two thousand eleven. Now they go on to talk about that Canadians are racking up their credit card spending as 91% of insolvent debtors had an outstanding credit card balance nearing an average of $18,000. That's $18,000 probably worth of groceries, clothings for the kids, right? General expenses, gas, all of these type of things. And eventually it gets too much, and they say, that's it, I, I, I claim bankruptcy. So we saw... a they they go on to say in 2023 we saw the return of credit card debt as problem debt read the report so here's the thing you can't have it both ways you can't have cr- record credit card debt and people deciding to put their money into the stock market Th- that if you are credit card debt you do not have the money to go into the stock market so if the middle class is being is being crushed and we know that because they raised interest rates and people have their mortgages and they're getting crushed. So where's the money for the stock market coming from? And it's no different in the United States. Yeah. So I wonder when the other shoe drops and people realize that the currency's worthless and I better get what wealth I do have, I better protect. And what's the best way to protect that? Well, look for something real. Look for something that has been money for thousands of years and is a store of value right and that has no counterparty risk and so the idea is to keep it out of the financial hands and that's another part of gold and silver too is it's private it's a private asset it's not on the books of the banks right so it's something to to put aside you know when i when i started i always wanted to have 15 ounces of gold and hope i never had to touch it you know if i had to touch it it was things were really really bad or things were really i had a really really good opportunity thankfully i haven't had to touch it and it's just continued to increase in value over the years but that's the idea so you have record debt the stock market's going wild you've got n- all these countries around the world that don't that are worried about being weaponized by the us dollar and yet the us dollar is buying up all of these assets and you kind of say well what's the dollar really worth When's the shoe going to drop? And when is this going to really affect me? And by the way, it's already affecting you because you have major inflation on your hands and the government can't stop borrowing money. So you've got to protect yourself. And you do that by owning an asset outside the banking system that has no counterparty risk. Physical gold, physical silver. And how do you do that? You call us, one silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. In the next segment, Nick's going to join us. He's going to talk to you about some strategies in the registered accounts and uh, also about uh, storing with Brinks. And I look forward to that on the other side of the break on The Real Money Show
0: on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to the Real Money Show, the number 18778
1: Silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. And what a treat. For the first time joining the Real Money Show is Nick Bataligan. He's a, a colleague of mine. And uh, how you doing?
2: Doing good. Good. Doing good. Welcome. A, to a little the, nervous, not going to uh, lie. Of
1: course. Welcome to the show. Um, wanted to have you on because you've been working with clients on a new program called the First Home Savings Account. Yes. And obviously we work with Questrade. And this is a, a really great new program. And there's a lot of different advantages I've found to this. But Tell us about it.
2: Yeah, of course. Well, uh, I wanted to do, uh, just take a few moments to talk about the new registered account. So it is an all-around tax-free first home savings account, and it's a newer, newer initiative came out last April um, by the Canadian government to help first-time homebuyers like myself to uh, to save for their first home. Uh, this account integrates the key benefits from both the TFSA and RSP. Um, Like an RSP, your contributions made to the first home savings account are tax deductible, meaning if you contribute the maximum of $8,000 per year that the account allows you, and then you can write that off on your income tax. Um, Now typically, the RSP contributions are deferred until you're 71, um, but with the first home savings account, all contributions are 100% tax-free if your withdrawal goes towards your first home. And like the TFSA, your portfolio can grow tax-free. This includes acquisition of metals. So uh,
1: I I remember when when I I purchased a home I was able to use my RSP but I had to pay it back.
2: Not like that. This is not the home buyer's program. Okay. So before with the RSP if you borrowed from your RSP you would have a certain amount of time to pay that back. Yeah. Um, with this you don't have to pay anything back.
1: Okay. So I get the income deferred. Right? Deferred, I do deductible. deductible. Okay. So it's income's deducted. Yes. I put my money into precious metals. Yes, it increases. Yes, and then I see an I see a, an opportunity, and the the broker says, "Great, you got your down payment. <laughs> you know, you like the house? You like this place? Great, you got the the hundred grand, the fifty grand. Let's w- let's put an offer tomorrow
2: with all, tax free. Okay, like the TFSA. No no capital gains, no tax on the growth, nothing like that. As long as it's for the purchase of the home."
1: Great, and and what's the limit right now?
2: Uh, eight thousand. So it's eight thousand per year, um, with a maximum lifetime of forty thousand.
1: And t- so right now it's eight, which is from last year. So they're going to open up another eight at some point this year.
2: So the way that it works is you can go back one year, for unused contribution rooms. Uh, but if you haven't opened up the account already, then it starts now when you do open it. So. In most cases, if you're new to the First Home Savings Account, you can't go back last year to when it opened to contribute the 8000 from last year plus 8000 from this year. However, um, if you opened it before December 31st of 2023, you're able to go back to last year's plus this year's. So in my case, I opened it up in August. I believe I only contributed 2000 into it last year. So now this year, I can contribute the 8000 for this year, plus the remaining 6000 from last year.
1: So even if you don't know if you're going to contribute this year, still you, you want to open it so that you have the option to to get the room from last year. Absolutely. Or, or next year, you still have the room available. Basically.
2: Absolutely. I had a client who opened one up in November, contributed the 8000 uh, and then we contributed January 2nd of this year just to take advantage of, of the low metal prices. So
1: unlike the TFSA, where you get the full amount, you can always go back. You can go back 10 years, right? And you still have that This one, there's a, a one year. Uh, span, like yeah. span. Yeah. And then, and then what happens if you end up not using it for to, to acquire a home?
2: Yeah, so if you decide not to use it, if you either exceed the 15 years or you decide home buyership is not for you, um, it can get rolled over into an RSP no no fees, no no rules, just straight transfer into an RSP.
1: So at that point you've got the deduction. Yes. And then you roll it into the RSP, you know, for real, and now it's deferred. Yes. It's really interesting. I think that I think what's great about this is people have to be strategic with their money and they have to keep all options open. Exactly. I think that that's something that's underestimated in, in the world. You know, in the world of finance and personal finance and home finance is have your options open. You know, um, this is a great way to keep your options open. So it's almost like you don't have to contribute, but you should get the account open.
2: Yeah, get it open so that it's ready to go for when you are ready. And uh, the, I mean, that the clock starts to tick as soon as you open it. But I mean, 15 years is a long time really right like it's a it's a long time to to try to plan and buy a home and the best thing about this is you you can buy physical gold physical silver and there's no better way to buy a home than to trade an asset for an asset
1: true (laughs) very true and then there's also the gains right exactly so um if you look at silver and how undervalued it is first of all now here's the thing it's an asymmetric trade because it can't go to zero, right? Unless you can turn, you know, water into wine and tin into silver, which is just pure alchemy, it can't drop to zero because it's it's an element. It's on the table of elements. It's a, you know, it's a commodity. So in that sense, you know, you have a, a limited downside risk, a limited downside risk, but amazing upside potential. So if you understand the market, at worst, you go with gold, if you're really looking to, hey, I need to figure out how I'm going to make my down payment, you know, a thousand ounces of silver in this thing, and silver goes to triple digits or quadruple digits where it definitely has the potential, that that's going to give you your down payment.
2: Yeah. Now, one more thing before we go to break. This is individual. So if you are married and you have a spouse, you can both open one up individually and double the amount.
1: So if you opened it up last year, then basically, right now you you could combined get into thirty two thousand dollars. Yeah. So
2: both me me and my wife have one, and if we both do the eight thousand every year, that's it's gonna, amazing. It's, it's gonna
1: you can't do the math right now, but no, that- <laughs>
2: yeah, no, I can't, but that's that's fine. Like it's you can almost double dip in that sense. Yeah, and uh, it's great.
1: Amazing. Let's uh let's talk a little bit about brinks on the other side of the break. The number one eight seven seven eight silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. If you want to learn more about the first home savings account, give us a call and you can talk to Nick directly and he'll give you everything he knows about this market. I think it's a great strategy to employ. I
0: don't think enough people know about it. More to come on The Real Money Show on six forty Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website
1: guildhallwealth.com. So, you know, we've talked about the weaponization of the dollar. We've talked about protecting yourself against the dollar, especially if it's being printed into oblivion. They've got $34 trillion in debt in the US you know things are not good in the real economy though they're you know they seem great in in the stock markets etc tiff macklem came out this week by the way and he shared concerns about slowing growth and of course that might be bad for the potential of dropping rates and he said he that he was disappointed he said canada has been very good at growing its economy by adding workers hold on to that thought the government The governor said, but productivity growth, by which I mean more output for the same amount of work, has disappointed. This is a problem because higher productivity pays for higher wages and underpins a rising standard of living. Spencer Fernando, who's a great author, broke it down. He said, Macklem is being subtle as usual, but he is making an important point. Until Canada's economy grows due to stronger productivity... Rather than huge immigration hikes, our standard of living won't be improving anytime soon. So, we have to understand, as Fernando goes on to talk about in this article, the difference between per capita GDP and overall GDP. So, if per capita GDP is falling, but overall GDP is growing, then you have all you have is an expanding population. You have a larger population gross domestic product, but you're not improving it per capita. So you're bringing in more people, but you're not improving the economy. And that's what this is coming down to. And that's Tiff Macklem's uh, subtle point as per uh, Spencer Fernando. So again, something to think about per capita versus overall GDP. Nick, welcome back. Hello. Um, I've never actually talked to you about this. No. So I'm I'm excited to to kind of dig in on this. You you previously worked at Brinks. I did. So tell me what goes through your head when you're working in the back and you, you know you're moving all this product. I imagine some people working there are just they're moving it. It's just a big pet rock that they're moving, you know, they're just there getting their their wage or whatnot what was going through your mind when you were seeing all of this product in the vault and tell us about the experience
2: yeah i mean i i worked there for in the storage department for metals for about two years uh before Guildhall hall poached me onto their team um but just moving the metals it was interesting to know one where's where's this money coming from people have this in their registered accounts that's amazing right now back there we didn't know that they were Questrate or whatever it was, but now coming here knowing that you can actually hold medals in your RSP and your TFSA and all those registered accounts and holding this in your hand how heavy silver actually is um, and just the energy kind of that it gives off knowing that like, like this is real. Like this is real silver, real gold and holding it in your hands is was amazing. I mean, I got to touch everybody's medals really is what it comes down to. So if you call Guildhall, there's a good chance that I, I, packed and picked your product when it first came in and opened up those uh, storage accounts over there. So it was really interesting.
1: So, you know, we've, we've had people come to the office. We always want people to come to the office because we want to do a, a bit of a show and share, as, as they call it in, in, in kindergarten. <laughs> um, show and tell. But, yeah, you know, they call it show and share now. Uh, and because uh, and we want people to hold the product in their hand. They're always surprised at the weight of, of silver, um, but to put a gold maple into someone's hand they there's a bit of an aha moment there is an energy what is that
2: i don't know i can't tell you but it's it's it just feels good it's it doesn't feel like paper currency you know like knowing knowing what i know now holding actual metals is real money currency it, like you can rip. you can rip your your, your currency you can't you can't break your silver bar in half
1: yeah you know uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I find I'm always trying to figure out the cryptocurrency stuff and every time they start the argument they, they start with the word money but they always have a, a strange definition of money and you say okay look the US dollar is a fiat currency meaning currency a unit of exchange by decree. Not money. It, it, it tore off its, its relationship to money in back in 1971. Um, so it's just a currency by decree. It has no value innate to it. And then you see these cryptocurrencies that call themselves money, which again, it's essentially money by decree, but by people yeah. versus a government. Okay. And they say, well, there's a limited supply versus the government that can print as much as you want. Okay, so there's a couple of that added value features, but is it money? Money is a store of value, and that is yet to be seen on those things. I know personally I have experience with them, but whenever I'm holding them, I'm, I personally i am scared for my life. I would never put my entire life savings into that because there's nothing there. No offense to anybody. That's my opinion. So when it comes to gold, I'm like, yeah, no problem. I could put my entire life savings into gold. Now, that's me. It's not the 10 15%, whatever it is, blah, blah, blah. But because I, I understand what you're saying, which is when you've held it long enough, when you've been around it long enough, you understand that this is real, guys. This is a real asset, and you can be comfortable knowing that it, it cannot disappear into the ether. But digital assets can. So... There is a difference between money, which is a store value, and a currency, which is just a unit of exchange. Unfortunately, we always call it money. We call everything money. I I make the mistake every day. I call what? Do you, how much money do you have in the bank?
2: Well, that's what we were conditioned back in school, right? That's what they teach you is this is money. This is real. It's it's not
1: not the case. So, um, do you miss any of it?
2: Sometimes uh, I miss the physical um, aspect of it. I mean. Slugging bars around all day has definitely kept me in shape, but uh, uh, it it was good to see that side of things. And now where I am now, it's seeing the other side, and it's uh, it's a cool perspective to have both uh, kind of in my arsenal.
1: Yeah, got to get you back on the show to talk a little bit more about that. I love picking your brain about that experience. (laughs) So if you want to hold some physical precious metals in your hand, you give us a call. If you want to maybe put some physical metal into a first home savings account, That's a great idea to save towards a house, especially with, you know, what we talked about with all of these, uh, CNBC, UBS talking about new, new highs coming for the precious metals market. A great time to be looking at this when the world is looking at the stock market and saying, Oh, it's all so great. We just, let's just keep printing money and going into debt. Let's be a little counterintuitive. The number one eight seven seven eight silver, the website. Guildhallwealth.com. Nick, thanks for joining, thank you. and uh, thank you for listening to the Real Money Show. And we can't wait to speak to you next week here on six forty Toronto.
0: The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.